funny story. The Golden State Warriors have this thing. I don't know if a lot of teams do it in the NBA, where they look at each uh-huh. other and they have to clap oh. at the same time without any notice. So and no no Is that counting a team nothing. Building thing? Yeah, it's like it's like to... it's like seeing how in sync we are. So let's try it. All right. All right. So I'm just gonna look at you. <laughs> I that, think it was pretty good. It. We'll let we'll let the listeners see. Okay, because from message. my perspective, it was like half a second off. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, Derek, you and I, we're not really in sync. We're more like Backstreet Boys. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Derek. Derek, I really enjoyed your rant uh, this past week. Thanks, it man. Was, it was fantastic. I like ranting. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't make it. Everybody out there, you know, I was busy. We had stuff going on all week, all kinds of work and things during work, after work. It was just a mess. But old Derek, you got one out there without me. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm here for Save you. Save the day. Here for all of you. Good stuff. All right. Derek, um, I, I, tell me more about uh, this uh, Franz Wagner guy. I don't know a damn thing about him, but it sounded like you were <laughs> you were somewhat upset <laughs> that you got his card. I didn't really understand. That's the part uh, of the old like, story the you remember, Franz really Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> so, Derek, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news recently, but there have been so many layoffs recently really? in the tech industry. Wow. And I don't really understand it. I think people are maybe just preparing people. Companies, leadership, are preparing, I guess, for this recession that's coming. And I'll be honest, you and I have gone through this, you know, previously, uh, and it's terrifying. There's a lot of people out there that are probably going through this as well. And I think what, I don't know if there's like, maybe this is a retro bite or a full episode, but what I'm thinking about today would be interesting to think about I always say this, and I think at some point, I think I'm done with the software industry. <laughs> if I get laid off again, I don't want another job in the software industry. I have to be honest. I don't think I could do this anymore if I got laid off again. I think mentally, my brain could not handle getting laid off uh, and having to, you know, I don't know, maybe move across the country again and all that stuff. I think I would just give it up <laughs> as like a full time. Maybe I would do it on the side, freelance consulting, whatever. Uh, but I think I would just be done. And I'm curious if you feel the same way. And maybe this is something for our listeners out there. Maybe you're going through this. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe you're worried about getting laid off. What's your backup plan? <laughs> as as frightening as that is to think about, what do you do when you get laid off? I think, you know, there's people talking about how to network and how to how to get jobs, all that stuff. I think that's fine. But I think, like, maybe mentally is what I'm more thinking about. How do you cope with this? What do you do? Do you have a backup yeah. plan? Do you go back into software? Do you do something else? I could tell you what I would do, Derek. We've talked about this before, but yeah. originally in high school, I wanted to be a chef. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to open a restaurant. Well, you're a great cook, so that makes sense. And I, when I got, thank you, when I got to uh, college, I, I worked in a restaurant for a guy who was going to sponsor me to go to the Culinary Institute of America. Mm. Oh, by and the way, I it's, it's when culinary. I was in... <laughs> it's culinary, not culinary. 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 When I got there and I started working in a restaurant, I realized I actually... Working in a restaurant is very different from just cooking. <laughs> it's, miser- it's actually miserable. I don't know if you've ever done it. Worked in a professional restaurant. It's a uh, or a professional kitchen rather. I've never. Um, no. It is uh, stressful. I've been it to the kitchen. Long hours. It is not great pay. Interesting. But I think if I were to get laid off, what I would do, I would open a snowball stand hmm. here in Kentucky, 
And I would sell beignets. Oh, shit. And cafe au lait and snowballs. Bro. I would sell coffee and donuts, coffee and beignets in the winter. And I'd do snowballs in the summer. And that's what I would do. I would get a snow wizard machine from down in New Orleans, bring that up here, show everybody up here what a real snowball's like. Because they have these things called ice balls, mm-hmm. which are like snow cones. You remember snow cones yeah, when we were kids? Yeah, yeah. They're like crunchy yeah, ice. Yeah, you like get it from like the, ice, like the ice cream man. The ice cream man, yeah, exactly. Not at all like a snowball. Anybody from New Orleans knows what I'm talking about. But people out there, snowballs are like real, real fine, like just freshly fallen snow. Just with, you know, sugar and uh, condensed milk on top. <laughs> I love it. But that's what I would do. I would open a snowball stand, beignets. That's what I would do. I don't think I would ever go back in the... I, I, I think my, mentally my brain could not handle working in software again with the, like the stress of all the stuff, like getting laid off and all this stuff. Because it's like, it's it's cyclical, it seems like. It just happens all the time. Like, we, you know, we go through these things. Maybe that's the other thing too. You just prepare, you know, that these things are coming. But when it happens and you have bills and you have all this stuff, I, I don't think I could handle it. I honestly don't. And anybody going through it right now, I, I empathize with you. Derek and I went through this. You know, yeah. this is why we ended up moving across the country. Mm-hmm. But I just, uh, God, I, I um, man, I'd probably have to sell my house. I'd probably have to sell my minivan. <laughs> my kids wouldn't have, like, half the crap they have today. I'd probably be happier, though, I think. I got to say, I've been to your house. Your kids have a lot less crap than mine do. So I, uh, you're, you're, you're going, you're trending in the good direction. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. okay. My view on it is kind of similar to yours, actually. I had some stressful moments in my software career where either the problem was too complicated to reasonably solve and so it became this monotonous tedious job monotonous yeah monotonous this job just became super tough to get through every day and then sometimes i'd work with people who were just jerks you know Mm -hmm. it made me want to not do this work anymore because if that's the way it is if that's software people i don't want to be in software and I started to realize, well, I've worked with really good people before. Sometimes you kind of focus all on the negative, you know, and you, sure. you kind of think everybody's a jerk. I thought I thought every girl was the worst because of the first few. No offense to any of the girls <laughs> I've dated. Uh, but before I met my wife, like, I was like, man, like, they, they all have these fatal flaws that, like, make me not be able to be with them. But um, work has felt that way, too. But then I started to find people to work with and kind of kind of fight through it. It got better. Mm-hmm. But in those tough moments, all I wanted to do, Jeremy, no one wanted to do? Basketball. Mow lawns. I Mow wanted lawns, to, and okay. the levee. Yeah. So in, in New Orleans, you had this levee that goes across the river, along the river. A lot of cities have this, but in New Orleans, it's a big levee. And there was a guy that would just get on his mower and mow the levee. And I wanted to go all the way down and come all the way back and then go all the way down and go all the way back. Like the simplest possible job. Yeah, it was like it looked like Zen to me. Like yeah, I would do yeah, it, I would dude. do it for free, but they'd pay well, the payment. You know, need a house. that's funny because I, I say I want to do uh, you know the snowball stand stuff. That's a lot. Like a service industry is a lot of work. Even if I had the thing, we have a guy down the street that owns this uh, ice cream shop called Pipers, mm-hmm. and he just opened like a few months out of the year during the summer, and he's closed in the winter and stuff. And he travels like he just like goes, but he's you know he's there constantly from like nine in the morning to like nine o'clock at night whenever they close. Almost seven days a week. He's there constantly. And that is like super stressful, you know, making sure people aren't stealing money from you and all this stuff. Because people that work at restaurants and stuff, it's very hard to trust them. But, you know, the other thing that I always think about, like if I – I think like the opposite of going to software but still somewhat creative – 
I would try to take up like woodworking or oh, yeah. carpentry or plumbing even or something. We have a free mutual friend who's like a master plumber. Yeah. That dude makes a decent amount of money, man. I mean, yeah. he's been doing it for a long time. So, but you know, he makes a lot of money doing that. But um, I don't know. I feel like something like that, like a craft, something where like you, you're not, you know, your your work stands on its own. And I think if anything, for me, like software industry, what I find so frustrating about it is it doesn't matter how good I am at my craft. You're only your team is only as strong as the weakest link. If other people in your team aren't holding up their end, the end result is bad, or the end result might you might not ever get to the end result because <laughs> the thing might get defunded or or scrapped or this you know whatever you know if if the whole team's not pulling their weight like and and so but when you're a plumber or something it's like your craft that's your thing you do it yourself and I always like kind of envy that about yeah. people that that have those types of like skilled labor jobs. And you have something at the end to show. You're like, look at this thing I built, mm-hmm. you know, this physical thing. And I don't know. I think if I ever left software, I think what I would, you know, it'd be hard for me to make the same amount of money I make in software. But I think that's what I would do. Something that's like still somewhat creative, you know, maybe I'd want to own a snowball stand, although I think that's a lot, a lot of time and effort. Probably a lot less money than being a, a master carpenter or something. But I don't know. That's kind of the other thing I think. Like I, I that, that same kind of thing, the Zen thing. Like just you're on your own. You get to go do your thing. You get in the zone. You get in the flow. Like I, I build some like stuff around the house, like, you know, uh, coat hangers and shelves and stuff. You've seen my shop in the basement. It's got like a nice little shop. Um, you know, to me, I, I get in the zone. I like lose track of time. It's almost to me like same as when I'm designing something. I get in the flow and I kind of mm-hmm. just like lose track of everything else. Amy's yelling at me, wait, I need help with the kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, I'm building this thing you asked me to. Leave me alone. Yeah. But, you know, that kind of, I, I think that's kind of actually, I, I don't think I would do the, the snowball stands a lot of effort. But I uh, I think I would do the woodworking, honestly. That's kind of, that kind of thing. Just like to your point, the zen, like mowing the lawn, uh, you know, yeah. except I could be inside in the air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially in New Orleans, that's, that would be a weird job to have outside. You got to wear the big hat. That's the thing. Yeah, and in summer, that's when you're mowing all the lawns in the summer. It's true, Every baby. Every other day, you got to mow the lawn down that's in New true. Orleans. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's my, that's my thing. Yeah, man. That's well put. You know, I, you know, it's funny. I think about this stuff when I'm in a dark period and sometimes, and it's, it's, I'm not always in a dark period. Sometimes I'm in a light period. This sounds too medical, but that's not what I mean. In a light time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I heard something, I think it was Tom Hanks said it. It's obviously that he's not the first person to ever say this. It's this idea that, like, whatever you're going through, it will pass, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And it will shift back to the other thing. Or it will become a neutral feeling. And it's tough because I think that people want to have that feeling that the bad parts of life will go away and they'll become good again. But it's also true for the good. And yeah. so when things are going really well, like when we were having a great time working on, you know, whatever product we were on, we were working together, that was a great time. But it was inevitable because this too shall pass. Is that what he would say? And I'm like, yeah. damn, man, like it's kind of it's kind of like humbling to think about. Yeah. And when I'm when I'm in a light space, like I think about other challenging careers. I could go do anything. I could be a, you know. Like if I if I really really loved basketball and I wanted to be in the industry, like I could go work on statistics programs for basketball, you know, sure. or something like that. And I get real creative. But when I'm at a dark place, I just want to like press one button all day long, like in the lost bunker, you know. Yeah. Like they just give me that job. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, what was his name? 
Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, the, uh, the guy in the Lost Bunker. What's his name? The character. Oh, jeez, man. That's like... Uh, uh, listeners, uh, <laughs> send us a, send us a, uh, an email oh, with the name of the guy in the Lost what Bunker. What is his name? Desmond. 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 Yeah, of course Desmond, yeah. Desmond had it had such a good life, dude. Remember, I, I, the, 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 I remember the episode where they introduced Desmond, mm-hmm. and you go through, and he's listening to records. Yeah. Wow. He's got all this cool stuff, beautiful hatch... <laughs> He's living in all this cool, like, uh, you know, retro furniture and stuff and all this cool artwork everywhere. And all he had to do was press a button every, what was it, 40 minutes or 40 days, 40 hours, whatever it was. That's not a bad life, man. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't mind switching places with Desmond. Um, but, you know, the thing I think this is what, what scares me the most about getting laid off, to be honest, is with software, we make so much money. And we get accustomed to this life where we're getting paid really, really well. And obviously not everybody in the yeah. software industry is paid the same, but a lot of people in the software industry, Google, I know, for instance, like people at my level are making two, three times what I make. And mm-hmm. yes, they're making, you know, money out in, <laughs> in Mountain View and <laughs> San Francisco where it, it literally costs four or five times the amount that I pay on my mortgage for just a one bedroom apartment. But you get accustomed to this lifestyle. And I think when you get laid off, the thing that's maybe most frightening is not the fact that you don't have a job. It's that you can't afford all the crap you have. Yeah. You know, and so like for me, at least it's, you know, lifestyle creep. I think about the house I own now. It's it was it's three times as expensive as the first house I owned mm-hmm. when I was making forty thousand dollars a year, you know. And now when I if it's not losing the job that I'm really concerned with, it's losing the income and losing the money and losing the lifestyle more than anything else. Having to sell all my stuff, you know, am I going to be able to sell this? And, you know, I'm not even worried about debt, to be honest. It's more just like. I'm not going to have this cool neighborhood. I'm not going to live in this cool neighborhood anymore. I'm not going to have this like car anymore. I'm not going to have this stuff anymore. And I think that's like maybe what a lot of people I think, and maybe I'm unique. I don't know, but I think a lot of people like in, in when you, when you know when I'm in college, for instance, or when I was in college, I was waiting tables, making I don't know barely anything, and I could just quit the job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I could go walk into another restaurant and get another job in a matter of a week. So like I could I could just quit. I could leave and be no problem. But now I can't just find another job making what I make. You know, and yeah. so it's it's it, that's the thing I think for me at least is is probably the most stressful, and I think like thinking about getting laid off or thinking about losing these jobs that we have, um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be as concerned if if I didn't have the the, the lifestyle creep that I mm-hmm. that has kind of crept into my life, and I you know I don't know I wonder how many other people feel that same way. Um, but you know, if, if I, if I was paying $800 a month for a one bedroom apartment, you know, I didn't have a car note, uh, I didn't have student loans. I, I didn't have, God, I don't know what else, like, you know, credit card debt or whatever it is. I'd just be like, well, it sucks. You know, I'll just go find another job. I could, you know, wait tables for a little while to make ends meet till I find another job. But even if I were to wait tables today, I wouldn't make a third of what I would be making. So it's like, where does that income come from? My kids going to have to lose all their stuff. They're going to go to school where they go to school. Are they going to have like, you know, that's the thing I think for me, at least I'm mostly concerned with And Maybe, maybe some of the people who are getting laid off, they don't have families. And so, you know, that isn't, isn't a concern for them. But to me, that's like the most frightening thing. And when, when with where Amy and I work, you know, when we both got laid off, Mm -hmm. it was like double, like, oh, shit, what are we going to do now? You know, Um, and even then, you know, we weren't making as much as as we ended up making a couple of years later. So, like, there's even more lifestyle creep. You know, we end up Mm -hmm. getting raises. And so it's still at the end of the month where it's like we're living paycheck to paycheck. Like, where is our money going? You know, (laughs) partly that's partly on us. 
you know, this is getting way more philosophical, I guess, than uh, yeah, right, right, than right. Um, maybe some session. people would would expect it to. But um, you know, I think that's the thing for me is just like trying to decrease the lifestyle creep, trying to cut costs, trying to like not spend so much money, mm-hmm. not have so much credit card debt, so that if we were to lose our jobs, we wouldn't have to worry. You know, because I think where does the stress come from when you lose your job? It isn't the job. It's the paycheck mm-hmm. that you're worried about. Yeah. Some people, maybe it's a job. But I think most people, it's the paycheck. So maybe that's like an interesting way to put it. It kind of eases the it eases the anxiety, I think, of losing the job in these mm-hmm. times when there's recession coming and lots of people are getting laid off and everything else, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely you know, it's good to prepare for eventualities, especially if you see them on the horizon, and just prepare for it, you know? I think that, like, we can get ourselves into a sort of depressive spiral sometimes when we sort of think too deeply about a dark time that hasn't happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can also paint our existing situation in a dark light just because we've kind of, like, all the sheen is worn off, you know? And we're we're no longer seeing the, the you know, the brand new guitar. It's now mm-hmm. scuffed. And there's, you know, the knobs are kind of scratchy and you're just trying to get that note right. You're not thinking about this beautiful guitar that you got. When I first got my job at the company I work at, I thought it was, I walked into the, the building thinking it looked like a spaceship. And after five <laughs> years, I still thought it looked cool, but I was like, that that light yeah. doesn't work. That that lady over there doesn't know what she's doing. I built that system, so I know that yeah. doesn't work. Um, <laughs> um, this guy over here, like these doors are all creaky. Like it's just like knowing any, knowing too much about anything will kind of make you be more of a realist about it. Sometimes make you kind of cynical. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. keeping a um, keeping a positive attitude sometimes is about stepping back from that analytical side of yourself. You know, I have that in my in me. You know, stepping yeah. back from that and just kind of appreciating uh, like li- going back to like when you started in that position what did i feel how did i feel and how can i chase that feeling again because that's real that's a real feeling when you started you know your big company job your big job what's that dream i was chasing and how can i you know like we talked about like you have these two ways of solving problems like you have one where your dream the problem solved and then you invent the mm-hmm. solutions to solve it but once you've been in a place for so long, you just you're forced to look at all the tools you have and say, "This is all we got." And this problem is really hard. I can't do it with yeah. these people who are incompetent. I can't do it with this, these tools that don't work. I can't do it with this, you know. I can't do it with this leadership that's out to, out of lunch. I can't do it, you know, all this stuff. But if you didn't know that and you just walked in and not knowing all that stuff, it's the fruit of knowledge problem, you know. Yeah. And the uh, same goes with with like getting laid off, you know. Yeah. Not not that ignorance is yeah. bliss by any means, but but preparing preparing for an eventuality that's like kind of vague and saying like, what do you need? This much money in the bank, you know, and uh, leads on new jobs if that's what you want to do. Or, uh, you know, wood to build a uh, snowball stand and snowball machine mm-hmm. and a venue maker machine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just I would also want to say too, like we're saying this, like I just want to be clear, Derek and I have not been laid off, uh, but there's always, you know, the possibilities at some point that you know who knows, like if you would have asked me two years ago when Amy and I had a job, 
same thing in in uh, 2021, we would have been like, oh yeah, of course, what the hell, you know, why wouldn't we? Um, and you know, you just never know. It, it's it's absolutely crazy what happens. But for anybody out there who's going through this today. Uh, I just, you know, we definitely empathize with you. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> turn this into like some, uh, making light of the situation because obviously we're not. I think if anything, this just got us thinking, you know, man, what would happen if that happened to us? What would we do? Would we go mm-hmm. back? I think one of the things you mentioned this about, you know, Tom Hanks and there's the, this too shall pass. I always think about our, going through this ourselves and Amy and I found out we were getting let go. Yeah. And what ended up happening you know over time like we got lucky because i ended up being able to transfer but it you know was either all or nothing move or laid off and so you know in that case we ended up doing something we would have never ever done we'd have never left new orleans Mm. i don't think we would have ever left if that hadn't happened to both of us at the same time if one of us had gotten let go we probably would have stayed But I think about what happened after, like so many other doors opened up, so many positive things have happened since then. And obviously this is, you know, a unique case, like this doesn't happen to everybody. But a lot of times I know I look at some of the people that we got let go when we got let go and I look at where they're at now. They're working for Twitter. They're working for, you know, all these other big companies, you know, some of them are still in New Orleans. Some of them have left. Some of them have stayed, but gotten bigger, better jobs, fancier titles, things like that. And I just think over time, like a lot of stuff, like you said, it kind of settles out and and, and you end up maybe being better off, especially when getting laid off is totally different being fired because it's not on you. It's on the company. And I think like if anything, that's something to think about. Like it's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. This was the leadership not planning <laughs> well and they screwed up and so you know you got let go because of it but it's not you you know you know maybe it's something that they yeah. couldn't control like uh i mean that's the thing we we deal strategic planning is about trying to prepare for surprises but you can't catch them all you know mm-hmm. it's like me and pokemon blue baby couldn't catch them yeah. all yeah that's fair that's fair but like you know I, I guess my only point here is just to think about this like you know what would you do? Prepare and make because I think once you if you don't expect it and this thing happens, it's a shock. If you can prepare and, and, you know, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. If it does come and, you know, make sure you're saving money, make sure you have a nest egg, make sure you're, you know, you're, you're putting away 10 percent or however much you can afford if you can afford it, obviously, uh, away in a savings account so that you have some expenses, emergency funds or something. Obviously, not everybody has that, but I think in the tech industry, a lot of us do have pretty decent incomes, and so we probably can afford that. But, you know, everybody is different, obviously, so I don't want to say that's true for everybody. Um, But there are ways to prepare, and I think that's just something like, you know, let's just, like, be prepared. Let's just make sure. I I know it's certainly changing how I think about the industry. It's making me think about how I am approaching, you know, my career in general. Like, I'm not going to have this job forever. And whether it's me screwing up or somebody else doing something that ends up causing me this job – What's going to happen? I think one other thing that I always like, this took me a long time to think about was like, you know, you aren't this role, (laughs) you know, don't let that role define you. If you get laid Mm -hmm. off and you are losing that title and you're losing that team, that's not your, that's not the definition of you. That's not what defines you. You know, you define yourself and you can always like recover, I think a little bit easier than if, you know, you, you tied yourself and your worth to that job. Yeah, man. And that's something I think also maybe to keep in mind. A lot of people are, are probably going through this right now, having similar questions in their head. I don't know. It's, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff for sure. It's kind of a different topic than what we're normally talking about. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. We I've kinda... just been seeing so many layoffs recently, and it's just like, God, I just can't believe the amount of companies that are doing this stuff. It's nuts. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's almost like if, you, if you, you remove the people from the companies, they're like ravenous wolves 
in the wilderness trying to like find food and eat and then they kill each other and then they find other food like i guess that's why they tax uh, companies like people you know a lot less lot less than people but uh you know anyway uh <laughs> that's a whole different thing but the uh or none at all might not even get taxed at all yeah but the, but the one thing i did want to mention though is this may help people out there whether you're laid off whether you're frustrated in your job the the thing i found helps me the most is putting yourself around people that aren't in your headspace. So if you continue to be around people who are low, who are cuz a lot of it is not like it's it's you creating the 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 problem in your head based off of like your own anxiety or whatever. Um much of it is real, really happening, but our perception of it can darken the already like kind of bummer situation, can darken it. Mm-hmm. And so if there's anyone that's positive about it, that's also being realistic about, all right, look, hey, look, it's not the worst thing in the world. You could look, look at, look at, you know, Teresa. She got a, a job at Twitter after she got laid off. Look at this person. And you're like, all right, if it gives you that little bit of motivation to send out a few resumes, call a few people, contact some old friends, and do it in a way that's productive and rely and get your energy up, you know, um, mm-hmm. it may take you a lot less time to get a job and it may be a much more pleasant experience. Because life is a life is a this sounds so fucking uh guru-y, <laughs> but like life is kind of a trick because mm-hmm. all this stuff is happening all the time around us, and we can literally choose to feel about it one way or another way. We can yeah. paint the picture one way or another way, depending on how our brain chemistry wants us to do that, how our stomach feels that day, you know, whether we got broken yeah. up with or whether we you know couldn't finish making dinner or whether you know what i mean like whether Mm -hmm. we broke a coffee cup like in all this shit so it's like anybody out there that's struggling you know find a buddy that's positive if you can um or try to lift someone else's spirits because if i you know anytime i've been in a hard place the thing that's helped me out the most is you know what we'll get through it it'll be all right Mm -hmm. you know and I mean, you just could imagine, I can't imagine that ever being a bad idea, you know, to like tell someone that or encourage them if they're stressed out. So anyway, to, yeah, to you, to my friends out there in the, in the uh, podcast world, our retro timers, I want to say, hang in there. It's going to be all right and you'll get through it. Um, Absolutely. Just make sure, you know, and you look, 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 if you can't afford the sticker, send Jeremy a message. <laughs> I'll send sticker. you one for free. You know, I think I, the last piece, though, I think this is like really important. I think this is something to think about. You know, now with remote work, like you'd be surprised how much you can help somebody across the country or the world. You know, if if you see people on LinkedIn that are like looking for work or something, and you know somebody, connect them. You know, reach out to them. I was doing this thing for like the team down in New Orleans, and we all got let go, but I was like hosting websites for free for everybody to do like portfolio mm. sites and stuff. You know, go get like a cheap WordPress theme, and I'll host it or something. Um, you know, so that kind of stuff, like, I mean, think about how you can help you're, you're, you'd be shocked, like how you can help. And I think, uh, I think just, you know, keep, keep, keep an eye out for everybody, you know, watch out for all, all your brothers and sisters in the software industry. Cause you know, we're all pretty much the same. I think a lot of us, um, and, uh, you know, if, if you find somebody that needs some help, help them out, man, make a connection. You, you'd be surprised how, how far that kind of stuff goes. Even the jerks. Even help out the jerks. Even the jerks. Because you don't know what they're you don't know what they're going through. 
Maybe they were jerks because... uh, Yeah, why were they a jerk? I don't know. Maybe they were going through some stuff. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. If you're going through all this stuff out there, we feel you. Let us know if we can help. Derek and I would be happy to try to help. If you can't afford a sticker, I'll send you one for free. It's only going to cost me 25 cents or 32 cents. How much does a sticker cost nowadays? Inflation. Whatever it is. 40 cents? I think it's actually up to 40 (laughs) cents, Derek. Um, I'll tell you what. The international stamps, they're only... uh, I think they're like a dollar. 75, 50 cents. or 52 cents. Anyway, if you're in Europe... I'll send you a sticker. You're in Asia, send you a sticker. You're in Africa, send you a sticker. You just let me know. So we're doing, yeah, it's a new free sticker policy, just messages. <laughs> you got laid off, you get a uh, sticker. Yeah. <laughs> it's the least we could do. But no, seriously, though, if there's anybody out there going through some stuff and and, and you need some help from me or, or I don't know, I'm not going to volunteer, Derek, but <laughs> if you need some help from us, um, I think if you listen to the show, clearly you know what you're doing or you're at least learning, which says a lot about you. And uh, I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to give you a referral. <laughs> If you're a fan of the show, if you made it this far yeah, into this yeah, episode, yeah. give us a holler. Oh my God, we went we went like deep into the depths. We crawled out. <laughs> we pulled ourselves out by a little rope that got thrown down. Um, oh, that was a, this 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 was this was the most uh, roller coaster of an episode. <laughs> maybe we'll like do some editing and uh, post to like maybe rearrange some of this stuff so it doesn't sound as weird. Oh, I, lo- I love the uh, I love the roller coaster ride. I tell you what though, if I do get laid off, I'm not joking. Woodworker, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going into woodworking. First thing, you better build the snowball stand because you got me all excited now. I'll invest. <laughs> I'll invest. Oh, you will. All right. Well, then maybe maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll rethink yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Um. I want I want say in the name. That's it. That's it. I just want say in the name. I'm not going to say I'll pick it. You still get to decide, but I want to be able to contribute the name. Ideas. Okay. Um, you know, I hadn't even thought I of what to call I would it, call the snowball stand. I want to call it <laughs> Jeremy's Dough and Balls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Dough and balls. That's uh, Jeremy's yeah, dough and balls, or balls and dough. You know what I always thought was funny? They call them snowballs, but they they're all the shape of a cone. Why is that? Uh, yeah, you ever just that? Limitations of nature, man. I don't know. <laughs> For those who don't know, what they do when they make is they they take like a funnel, a plastic funnel, and they pack ice in it, and then they put that on top, so that you're uh, you know you got like a little cone on top of the snowball. But they call it a snowball, not a snow mm-hmm. cone, which I just you know. Anyway, it's bizarre. I always, I always wondered about they that. They call it a cold drink, Questions. even if it, uh, even if it's lukewarm. So <laughs> that's true. We can say some weird stuff down in New Orleans. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think we've talked enough for today, Derek. <laughs> I think so. It was a great done. episode. I'm done. That's All it. Right. That's all I got. Well, all right, y'all. <laughs> so kick, kick us, uh, send us, send if us out. If you're still listening to this, we appreciate it. <laughs> Check us out on retrotimepodcast.com. Get yourself some stickers, retrotimepodcast.com slash stickers. And if you can't afford one, we'll ship you one for free. You're good people. If you want a sticker, you're good people. And you, you deserve a sticker. I don't care if you got money or not. That's it. Take it easy. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a uh, here. I'll show you a picture of him. Look at this guy. All right, so let me see. He's, he listens to the show, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, NBA player, okay. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Now tell me, this is, doesn't look like a guy uh-huh. who's okay. like. All right, all right. First of all, yeah, he's uh-huh. German, and he has some. I think yeah. he has relatives in the NBA, but because there are other oh, really? Wagner's oh, wow. in the NBA, oh, it's very strange. Okay. There's a lot of people in the NBA that are like yeah. brothers. Like it's so really? hard to get to the NBA, and then there's yeah, brothers. There's there's three brothers. From one family in the NBA. From one mother? Three brothers one mother. from, one, from mother. one mother. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, he's that's all That's right. impressive. I, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's odd. Um, I, I just picture a, a German guy playing basketball. I just imagine it to not be very good. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know anything about basketball. Just drinking a big so beer and having a big kilt or whatever. I don't know what they wear. <laughs> yeah, just eating yeah, a pretzel yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. You can have a she's too fat for me. Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, like <laughs> throw me the ball. I'll Does make he, another uh, three. Yeah, Does know. he do the chicken dance in the yeah, middle? Yeah, yeah, chicken dance. Oh, that was the one I remember because we used to go to the, we used to go to the uh, Oktoberfest, and my mom had this friend who she was yeah you know, she was a little overweight, you know, you know. Doctor would say it, I wouldn't say it. Thought she looked great, right? Um, <laughs> Health wise, maybe, but uh, there every time she'd show up, the guy who was like her boss was playing in the band at Oktoberfest. And then he'd start the song. I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. And and we would look at him you like, you know what's you funny? Um, my kids, we we would go. You know, we're we're big on Oktoberfest here in the Miller household, and uh, we take our kids Oktoberfest, and they started singing. The year she's too fat for me. So I'm like, no, guys, it's too fast. She's too fast for me. She's like, are you sure? It sounds like they're saying fat. I'm like, no, it's fast. She's too fast for me. Uh, yeah, you got it. I don't want my kids. You know, good save. Good save. So anyway, <laughs> she's too fast for me. I'm From my from my view, first I want to kind of uh, clarify some things for the listener. Um, getting laid is great. All right? Unless you're too tired. <laughs> but it, 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 that's great. Okay? Oh, Derek. Um, getting laid off. Explicit. <laughs> getting laid off. <laughs> Not good. Isn't something you want to do. You don't want that to happen. Yeah. So when I got laid off, at first, my brain said, well, this is great. But then I heard the off. I was like, God oh, damn. I got so frustrated about it. So, oh man. So, anyway, that only just set the, you know, set the ground mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Don't want anybody to be confused. If you're still listening to this show now, after our 60th episode, and you're offended by something we say, like, it's on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? 